Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WandaVision 30 Questions, a show where each week we ask 30 questions about the new show WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. I am your host, Adam Portress, and joining me today, he's just fluffing a pillow with his face, sweet Sean Kovacs from the internet. Where's the Fonz? And he's growing up before our very eyes, Bruce Leslie. Do you think somebody, I think Vision might jump a shark. That would be kind of like spot on for this show. Oh, man. If if we get to a point in this show where Vision is on a jet ski or whatever, or just being pulled by a boat and jumps over a shark, it's all over. Ooh, what, mm-hmm. if, what if, all right, we're dealing with some multiverses here. Uh, what if he's jumping over King Shark? That'd be oh, that'd be really jumping the shark. Oh, that into would the blow DC. people's minds. Too much of a crossover. Too much there. Uh, we are talking this week about season one, episode five, entitled "On a Very Special Episode," which leads us into question number one. Do you guys have any very special episode uh, favorites from TV sitcoms? And by the way, uh, the the bike store is is off limits because that's the easy one that everyone goes to. It's also, I mean, it's the easy one because it is the the specialist of any special episode ever. And it did start off. I mean, it really is like the linchpin to why everyone has a very special episode after that. I mean, it's. Oh, it's iconic uh, for sure. Was the first appearance of Leonardo DiCaprio on Growing Pains a very special episode? I feel like it was. I don't know if it was his first one, but it was definitely one of his other, one of his first ones because his dad was like an alcoholic and he threw out all of Mr. Seaver's booze and stuff like that because his dad hit him. But like, we didn't really know why until we got that big giant speech and everything. And you're like, oh my Lord, this is a real special episode. Yeah, so that'll be my vote. The Leonardo DiCaprio throwing out Mr. Seaver's booze because his dad's an alcoholic, and I, I thought his career was dead after that episode, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, there is a ton of very good, uh, of very special episodes. You've got Tom Hanks on Full Ties where he's... Uh, drinking where, vanilla. Where he's drinking vanilla extract. You got all of these. But by far, and it's fairly recent even, is the Scrubs very special episode, which is in season three, and it's Brendan Fraser. Oh man, I love that show. And it is it is a it, it is a heart punch when you watch that show. I am not somebody who gets uh, very emotional watching movies. Uh, you guys seem to be far more emotional uh, at times. We're in touch Why? with our feelings. We we no. we respect ourselves. I have said on this podcast and in life many many times. I am dead inside. Everybody <laughs> knows this. Everybody knows this. But that episode of Brendan Fraser in uh, season three uh, of Scrubs is just it. It, it is. It is so, it is legitimately a very special episode. And it's the, it, it's episode 14 of season three. It's called my screw up and it is incredible. I, I like my special episodes to be a special episode, but also a little heavier on the comedy. And that's why I think probably my favorite one is, uh, it's weird because it's also a season three episode. So maybe season three is a key to a lot of these things. Uh, but season three episode of Family Matters where uh, Aunt Rachel's restaurant, which I can't even, I was surprised. I knew you would go to Family Matters. Please well, continue. Yeah, it's true. I can't even believe Aunt Rachel had like her own restaurant by season three. I would have sworn that was later in the series, but apparently not. Uh, so right around season three, some like gang members uh, break into her restaurant and spray paint everything up and bust it up all real good and stuff. And they're like, well, what? at least they didn't hurt anybody. And Eddie walks in and goes, I wouldn't say that. And Eddie's been beat up by this gang. See? What? Oh, man. 
So Carl is uh, really upset, and of course he wants to take some vengeance, but of course Urkel talks him out of it and says, hey, you can't go in there, they'll take your badge and all this kind of stuff. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to dress up like a tough, and I'm going to go in there and try to get myself recruited into the gang and have them you know, say on you know, tape and everything, because he's wired up, of course, so yeah. they'll admit to their crimes and stuff, and then the police can come in and bust him. And that's exactly what happened. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I also remember the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, very special episode where Will's dad came and left, and then he asked Uncle Phil, why doesn't he want me, Uncle Phil? Why doesn't he want me? That, that honest, honest to goodness, that is the time when you saw that, you're just like, okay, this guy's going to be more than just your comedy laugh, laugh, yuck, yuck guy. And sure enough, his career took off like a match after that. Let's yes. go to question two. Are you hungry for a Kid Vision spinoff after seeing his childhood photos? I am not, but what I am hungry for is baby vision because the baby vision picture it was got adorable. Me. Yeah. Adorable. Yeah. You want to, you want like a, a look who's talking with vision, not a baby Sheldon with vision. I, I right. think I just want posters of those various ages of vision. Like that's all we need to decorate my whole office. I, I love how creepy they all are. They're just so weird. Well, the one the one of him as a baby is from a photo in the 70s. And it it is so jarring when you see it and the <laughs> toys that are surrounding the baby. And the baby isn't super happy in the picture. Uh, it's just, it's a miracle. It's so funny. It, and they probably put, uh, you know, more than likely, that's all just kind of post work on the kids and stuff like that. They didn't, you know, make well, up sure, these babies up and dress stuff. Up the baby as the vision, <laughs> but I, it's, but it's done so well. It looks like they have. <laughs> it does. It does. It's done so well. And like you just see these weird looking babies with like half a. <laughs> Half a look on their face like they just don't quite understand what's going on. I love them growing up and the whole uh you know aesthetic of all that. And as as the uh as those pictures go on, vision just gets less and less happy <laughs> as things progress. So you could just watch his face <laughs> as he changes clothes, just going mm, just all the way down to zero. It's great. Question three. The top of the show is an homage to family ties, but the episode isn't. Which shows are they mimicking this week? Well, there's definitely the full house bits in there. Uh, mm -hmm. The last shot of that opening is absolutely full house, as yeah, is the, the running at the uh, camera and everything. That's very full house. And the mm -hmm. setup itself is a lot like, you know, the the act structure and everything for, for full house. I, I feel like they're aiming for something just a few years before Full House, though. Like like the Family Ties intro, maybe they're going for kind of a collage of some of the lesser-known family-based sitcoms that were around the same time as Family Ties. Like maybe a little Kate and Allie, a little something like that. Yeah, There is a little Mr. Belvedere in there, too, just by the way that they make entrances and exits in this episode. Yeah. And that's the thing that you didn't start seeing until I think probably like your more 80s and 90s where characters would just kind of pop in, not even knock on the door. They're just kind of like, hey, this here's my second home, so why not walk in? And by the way, if anyone just did that at your home, you would, you'd would you'd want to shoot them, right? Just coming in random. Oh, yeah. It's frightening. All of a sudden, you're just having tea with your family, and then somebody just, hey, I just thought I'd pop in and say what's up. No, that's why you have locks on your doors, people. They even have a way of from entering off stage where you're not sure there's even a door in that direction. They just walk on stage. <laughs> the set ended that way, so I could come on. 
All right, let's go to question four. Do you guys think Agnes has any hand in the progression of time? When I first read this question, Adam, I thought it was a really stupid question, but uh, with some time and some some more forethought from from me, uh, this is a this is a very good question because when she comes in, that is when all the time progression happens with the children, at least in this episode, and it's it's interesting. I, I think that she might she might have uh, she might be a part of it. I, I really do. Yeah, I feel like is is Agnes sort of like a conduit or a focal point for what Wanda's doing? Like, like I don't think she could do this on her own. I don't think Agnes could do it on her own. But somehow, like the two of them together, I feel like it's making this happen. Yeah, and you know, she like as she was, uh, you know, kind of standing over the kids and everything, and they're like, "Oh, lavender." I'm like, well, we, she says that's lavender. We don't know what the heck that was. And then you know, a yeah. good twenty seconds later, guess what? Your children have aged four years. Good luck. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I, I, I don't think you could need kids that quickly. <laughs> and also, the best time for, at least for me, of having children is between the time when they're a baby and they're about five. Like the, you know, they're at their absolute cutest. But it did kind of work with that growing pain, or not growing pains, but family ties theme, where you know they've got a baby on the final episode of one season and they got a six year old in the first episode of the next season. <laughs> True. You are right. Those kids aging up real fast and stuff. But uh, no, I, I like that. I thought it was, um, it, it, it works well enough. But I, I think that she's uh, definitely got some sort of hand in this. And we're seeing enough now that she's kind of looking away, supposedly, in the right times and all that kind of stuff. And every little tiny thing seems to be, you know, her pushing them forward towards the kids, the town pushing them for kids. And she's always there to kind of push something along just a little bit further, and then it progresses. And we certainly see that a lot in this episode. Question number five. Are you guys glad our long global wait is over for Sparky the Synth Dog to finally make his live-action debut? I think that you're probably more happy that the dog died in the same episode. <laughs> you know, finally a show with the courage to do what we've always wanted a show to do. <laughs> Hey, here's this dog and kill it. I, I might be wrong. I haven't read it in a million years, but isn't isn't Sparky in the comics green? Sparky is green in the comics. Now, to the best of my knowledge, Sparky only appeared in the Tom King Vision miniseries, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, not to get too sidetracked, but Randall Park and Tom King grew up like next door to each other. And here, like huh. one guy's creation is sharing the screen with the other guy's job as an actor. Kind of cool. Pretty neat. Now, how how much of that story do you know, Bruce, with the dog? Because he that this dog kind with of dog? Uh, in a lot of ways, from what I to understand, uh, meets kind of the same uh, fate as the dog in the show. He definitely meets an unfortunate fate, but it's a little bit different than it is on the show. Everything's a little bit bigger in that Tom Vision uh, miniseries. Well, it's, uh, it's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful thing to read. T tough to uh, kind of outdo that stuff, but it feels like there's definitely. Uh, crumbs of that in this for sure right oh yeah yeah just the the fact that they named him sparky and then he died i mean it 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 shows a little tip of the hat to the people that are in the know they're in the know and it doesn't take anything out of it if you're not in the know i, I like that well it's it's doing the thing that a lot of good shows do which is rewarding you for watching and for knowing back material and all of that stuff Plus, it kind of puts Wanda on the spot in front of her kids. I mean, she's clearly bringing back dead people 
that she doesn't care enough to bring back the dog, but maybe she's seen uh, Pet Cemetery and knows that's not a good idea. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want to be buried in a Pet Cemetery. That's a good song. Six, number six. Whenever the show switches back to, quote, real life, unquote, it looks like a Marvel movie. So do Marvel movies have their own house style? I want to see what Bruce thinks about this question, then I'll go to my stupid stuff. I think it's a good question. I think they absolutely have a certain house style. Um, Also, this episode and this question specifically made me wonder, are they going to tell us that all these Marvel movies are all just a creation like this show within a show is like, I'm really starting to get meta with this, particularly, you know, with the uh, surprise person who shows up and I've got some theories, maybe there, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, now I'm starting to wonder when you say that, like, do they have a house style and are they going to pay some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of meta value to the fact that they do all kind of have the same style. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with Mouth of Madness. There is one There is. There is one exception to that, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy movies do not look like the rest of the Marvel movies. But True. that's literally True. the only one. But, they, but even they have still, like, there are some small things in there that... St- still kind of go back the big thing is and i i and the you know this because there's one of them one of these things is not like the other is the majority of these movies are in uh two three five in the you know scope widescreen aspect ratio except for uh, the first avengers movie because joss whedon's like i want to shoot it like this okay well less epic good job for you i suppose uh so that is that's one of the big things is obviously just a two three five I think a lot of the kind of real world stuff is a very kind of uh, mostly a lot of blues mixed in with a couple of like yes. earth tone stuff I, in I there as well. I think they use the same kind of color keys, you know, or coding or whatever you call that, uh, you know, because every, every Zack Snyder thing has its dinginess, but every Marvel movie has its sort of own kind of hues that it, it accentuates. There's definitely, there's definitely blue tones being used in all the Marvel movies. And Especially you'll see when like, the big light comes down out of the sky. <laughs> but you'll see like pops of yellow and, of course, obviously re- a lot of red and stuff in this show. So there, there's always kind of its, its prime stuff. And the more that we work out and the more that we get things like your Spider-Mans, your Doctor Stranges and stuff like that, the more that that's going to open up and widen out a bit. But you can even, I mean, even in this show, you can see a lot of like art similarity styles uh, between all that like hex magic sort of stuff going through the force fields and a lot of the Novacore stuff that we saw in uh, Guardian. So there's there's a little yeah. bit of a through line through all this kind of stuff. It's almost like these guys are smart and know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. almost. Strange. Uh, number seven, Norm says that she won't let us go, but does not actually name check Wanda. Is this oversight or a breadcrumb? I think this, you know, the first time I read through these, I didn't make the connection, but I think it goes back to question four a little bit. Which she is he talking about? I think it's I think it's uh, intentionally ambiguous so you can think about what you're thinking about right now. They I may- think it's an oversight, quite honestly. Uh, I, I think that everything runs through Wanda. So, like, I, I don't think that Wanda is behind all of it. I think that someone is behind Wanda and Wanda's doing all of it. I think that she's being manipulated. 
So, so as far as Norm is concerned, he is, at least as far as his vantage point, is Wanda is the one doing all of this stuff. Look to yes. Wanda. And it may go beyond that, but as far as Norm and the other characters are concerned, Wanda is at the head of all this. Yes. Oh, man. Adam, I just thought of the perfect analogy. I think that maybe Agnes is like a cloud lifter for a great microphone, but it just needs something to boost it a little bit. Yeah, you just got to get that boost in there. What a, what a That is the nerdiest joke on this show. <laughs> Good luck on a show that talks about a comic book show. My goodness. Question number eight. Why do you think they went out of their way to establish no one has ever called Wanda the Scarlet Witch? Well, there's two reasons. Either one, they're about to start calling her the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> or Hey, or remember two. what you haven't been calling her for a while, but you have been calling her outside of this, but we've <laughs> never called her. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's either going to be that or that they plan on giving her a name that is not the traditional Scarlet Witch name. It's either or. Uh, and, and I would lean more towards that they are actually going to start calling her the Scarlet Witch. But. I think it is a, I, 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 I don't think it's a super great move to call her anything outside of Scarlet Witch. I just, I feel like Randall Park is going to suggest they call her the the Red Magus or something like that, and Monica's going to say, "No, that's stupid. We're calling her Scarlet Witch." <laughs> like I feel like he's got to get kind of like his, his I, bubble burst. I bet you have not been wrong about very many things uh, when it when it applies to this show and this show alone. But <laughs> but the the you you have been spot on. I would imagine that you're probably hitting the triple with that guess. <laughs> well, we'll only time can tell. Yeah, she's gonna. There's gonna be some sort of magic. She's gonna be wearing something that's just red enough at that point, and uh, it's either him. Okay, it's either between him, Rambo, and Darcy. Those are one of those three's got to name it, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know if we can go outside of those ones. Let's go on to question nine. Is Wanda more like Hal Jordan at the end of Emerald Twilight, or Jean Grey as Dark Phoenix? Is that the one where he had like the like the cover with all the rings on his hands and yes, stuff like he that? Starts, he starts. He becomes he, Paradox. Yeah, Parallax. That's a, or Parallax. I'm sorry. That is a he, he boss start, cover. It is. He starts he, because he keeps losing everything. He's lost everything at that point in in Emerald Twilight. He then gets into an argument with the Guardians. And not the Guardians is in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Guardians of Green Lantern. And and he ends up sucking all the power out of the power battery and killing all the green lanterns and killing all the guardians because he's trying to remake reality into what he wants it to be. And he becomes a bad guy. And so that's what that, that Hal Jordan as a bad guy was an amazing storyline for the time. Like I want to say it's early two thousands, maybe, maybe late nineties. You're getting close, probably late nineties. Yeah. And it was it was one of the it was during the time where Superman's dead, Batman's back gets broken, Hal Jordan loses his mind and becomes a <laughs> great Batman. time for comics overall. <laughs> and and so it, it, like my the Hal Jordan one was was my favorite, even though I love Hal Jordan as a character, I always have ever since uh, Emerald Dawn. And so uh, to see him become a bad guy was was a little heartbreaking as a Hal Jordan fan but him as a bad guy was pretty great and so I'm wondering because we really haven't seen any So are you saying that you don't think Jean Grey as Dark Phoenix was really great? 
<laughs> well, uh, in the movies, no. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, okay. Because because what I was thinking is, we just have to wait and see how it comes down with the fans, because roundly the Dark Phoenix saga is beloved by fans, by Chris yeah. Claremont fans. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know you <laughs> you give me a hard time because I want to like stuff done by my friends, but Ron Mars wrote the the whole Hal Jordan Emerald Twilight storyline, and he is still harassed to this day by a certain group of fans that formed a club that wanted to kick Ron Mars out of not just Green Lantern comics, but comics forever and bring in a new writer to undo every horrible thing you'd done to Hal Jordan. I love that story. I love Kyle Rayner. That story led the way for Kyle Rayner to become the Green Lantern. Um, so I like it all, but it, big picture, it depends on how the fans come down. If the fans don't like what happens to Wanda and they turn against the uh, show, then it becomes Emerald Twilight. If they embrace it, then it becomes Dark Phoenix. That's true. That group was called Kick Ron to Mars. <laughs> they had some goofy little uh, uh, anagram that they used and actually had membership cards and crap. Oh my gosh. We what bought a, a waste of time. We bought and, a laminator. <laughs> and uh, some con had set up a debate where Ron Mars was going to debate the head of this this huge hate comic hate group. And then it turns out that the head was only 16 and his mom wouldn't let him go on a plane by himself to go to the Aww. debate. <laughs> Poor kid. He just That's wanted great. to look at an adult and spit on him. What's wrong with that? Come on. Get you know, if, you're a, if you're at a, at a convention, if those things ever happen again and you see Ron Mars, he's like the greatest guy ever. Just go say hi. He'll tell you about any story you want to hear. Don't be mean. But, you know, I want to finish my point here. We, we've never really seen any Marvel movie characters go like like turn. It hasn't happened yet. And that is one of the big staples of of the comic books yes somebody's got to turn right so at some point you're gonna think someone is and they sure are they 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 sure are on the fence right now with that lady yeah yeah all the signs are kind of pointing there so at least that's what we're, we're to believe at this point oh man this has nothing to do at all with wandavision and i'm very sorry about that but i gotta get it out before i forget it you probably know this already bruce but i learned this week that the lady who is winona Earp. Yeah, Melanie Stefano. She's oh, so on you are, that, yeah. was, that was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> she's Mrs. McMurray. I yep. could not believe it when I learned that this week. Oh, Unbelievable. She's awesome. Yeah, she is an awesome actor. Unbelievable. Sorry. No, Let's bro, keep going. Question 10. <laughs> Who's bleep? You got to bleep to get a gin and tonic around here. Number 10, Adam. <laughs> we got another uh, in-show ad this episode, this time for Lego's Paper Towels, which is a reference to her Avengers fight with Crossbones, where her powers were contributed to the killing of innocent people. Lagos, for when you make a mess that you didn't mean to. Cleaning up mistakes. This has to be the reality stone in these commercials, right? I can't argue with that. Is Lagos the name of the place they were at when that fight happened? Because I didn't get the reference when I watched the exactly. show. Exactly. Yep. So okay. that first time when they're showing up, and uh, I forget exactly what she it's throws. The parking structure, and she's like throwing cars at yeah. uh, crossbones. Big yeah. giant bomb goes off, and like, oh yeah, guess what? There's a whole bunch of people up there, and you done killed them. Good job, dum dum. Yowza! That's that's a paraphrase from Captain America. I don't remember the exact words. Portress from the top rope with the comic book knowledge. <laughs> Nice. Nice job by you, Buster. I think it's going to happen. Let's go to 11. How do you feel about Vision's Awakening this episode? I, it, it's actually very telling. A lot, it, it tells you a lot, which is that, one, 
she is not, she has not like reanimated his corpse because, or his robot body, because he has no memories of what anything that happened before the first episode of WandaVision. And so basically it's a rebooting or something along those lines because he, he, he knows something's up, but he doesn't know that he was dead and he doesn't know what all happened previously. Yeah. And, and so that is a very telling moment when, when he, when he sees through the fog, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Do you I, think it could lead to another showdown between Wanda and vision and, and all the horrible stuff she's been through. She has to lose him for a third time. I think, I don't know if um, losing, I'm not sure about that, but I, there's got to be some sort of uh, conflict between these two. I, I think that their relationship, however it ends, ends in some sort of big bombastic way uh, through the season, be it, you know, not necessarily him, but maybe that mind's eye of him or whatever it is that she's communicating with right now that's kind of becoming sentient, whether that's him or whatever. I, I think that needs to happen because a lot of that is her just connecting back to reality, a thing that she seems more and more conscious of as the show uh, progresses on. So, I, okay. yeah, I, I, I and I really do believe that that Wanda Town getting getting like being taken away is going to be through vision. Like vision is going to have like, like get through to her. He's the only one who really can. Yeah. Or if it's even, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, at this point I can't, I can't say something along the lines of like, Oh, well maybe it's her, her you know, image of him that she's made up. And cause it, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Yeah. She doesn't seem like she has direct control over him. Yeah. No. Number 12. number 12. It looks like this show is positioning Lady Rambo to be a big deal in the Marvel Universe, but is she going to be the new Phil Coulson or a superhero? I'm going to kind of stick with my hunch uh, from before that she's not going to ever get powers. I think she's going to be somewhere between Phil Coulson and uh, uh, Nick Fury. Like, I think she's going to be a little more than Coulson, but not quite Nick Fury. Closer to Fury, probably. But I think she's just going to be like the the one of the tough humans that they need in this show. I'll tell you what, I would really love to see some more Maria Hill. Yowza, yowza. Yeah, she, she, she might be the, Yeah, she might be the new Maria Hill. I don't know. Bruce, no, I no, think you're as wrong no, no. as you get. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that you I'd like Colby to see that Smulders. actress. Yeah. Yes, I want Colby Smolders. <laughs> but you didn't watch Stumptown, you hypocrite. I did watch some of it. Oh, good. Good for you. I'll take back my insult. Uh, I think she's totally going superhero, and I think that this episode, I don't want to say confirms it, but it definitely hints you right towards in that direction. When she gets that scan back and all we see is light coming off of her, I think she's not only is going to be a superhero, I think she may already have some sort of powers. She's already photon. I think so, or at least, you know, whatever we might end up calling her. Uh, I'm calling her photon. I no figured what that show does. Well, it feels like that's what it's probably going towards. Yeah. I mean, especially when you look back at the picture, of dear old mom there, and it's got her call sign up there. You kind of feel like it's coming down the pipe. Let's go to 13. Who is the aerospace engineer that mama, Monica knows who would be perfect for this? 
Who do you think this is, Bruce? You know, I can't even think of a good aerospace engineer from the Marvel Universe when I'm when I'm like pinned in right here. The the closest I can think of is uh Marvel from the Captain Marvel movie, but she's gone. She was an aerospace engineer. Was it Annette Benning that played that part? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so that's the only aerospace engineer I can think, and she's gone. So I'm I'm all open to uh, suggestions here. I I was wondering I was wondering if maybe and it, there's no way that this is how they they wrote it, but if they were referencing one of the Richards. I was also, you know, when you say that. It would be an interesting time for uh, a guy named Victor to be an aerospace engineer. Oh, there you go. Maybe. Because, uh, you know, Dr. Doom does kind of start controlling Wanda for a while in the comics. Do you think because it's Marvel now that has him, do you think that they're going to lean into the black magic stuff? Especially if they bring it in with something that I think has Agatha Harkness and Wanda Maximoff in it mm-hmm. and the multiverse of madness. I, I absolutely think that he, they're going to go back to what made that uh, character so great as he is the combination of magic and science. I think that's a good one. Um, certainly the, the one that I think a lot of people are going to is kind of, you know, you read Richards and I listen, I love that thought as a big fantastic four fan. Uh, another one that I did hear though was remember the little scroll girl that was with uh, Monica when she was a little girl in the 90s? Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about aerospace. Who would know more about these crazy, you know, spaceships and all this kind of jazz than your good old buddy uh, from the, uh, you know, space? Sure. <laughs> or wherever the that's heck good. she's from. I thought that was, pro- that's probably the more likely source. Oh, and get this. YouTube told me this one. Uh, the Spanish subtitles for astrophysicist or whatever it is, uh, is in the female form in Spanish. So take that for what you want. Oh, like. interesting. Okay. Don't know if that's a so thing. So Sue Storm. It's Sue Storm. Or or it could be the little girl that's the scroll, <laughs> which I think that, yeah. that starts to add it up. What if that little girl grew up to be Sue Storm? Listen, the scrolls were yeah, in Fantastic Four number be, two. I would so. be disappointed. I think I would be disappointed. <laughs> Cindy the scroll. Number 14. Why was Monica avoidant when Captain Marvel's name came up? I think this is uh, this is a great question because we have no clue. I mean, a lot of people are speculating that somebody gave this answer on Reddit. It was just like, well, because she's not part of the story right now. I go, that's a good production answer. What's a character answer why she would yeah. be mad at <laughs> yeah. this, you dummy? Because you would think like, yeah, when I was 11 years old, she was part of our family briefly, and I just really... Uh, Feel like I know her well. I mean, but she really wants to change the subject, like like an ex girlfriend or an ex boyfriend or something. When you when you look at her face, she kind of bites her bottom lip a little bit. She's uh, you know contemplative about you know her in one way, shape, or form. Some people are like, oh, why didn't she save my mom and all this other stuff? Uh, but I don't know. And maybe we won't even know the answer to that till Captain Marvel two. Even I don't I don't know. Yeah, could be a while off. That's when I think if Monica was going to get superpowers, it would happen rather than here. But what do I know? Well, I think that this may just be the here's the best part, though. Monica has superhero powers in that movie. Bing, bang, boom. You're gone and ready to go. We've got the we got the uh, the origin story done right here in WandaVision. You don't even have to sure. worry about it. So 
To me, yeah. that's also another great thing of like set people up in the shows and then make them shine in the, in the movies and have those big events, you know, two three times a year as Marvel was doing. You know, but but that would have to mean that they have hyper coordination. Oh right, we're not talking about DC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, we're DC not talking fans. about the Valiant universe here with Bloodshot. <laughs> Bit Diesel's waiting by the phone. It's just one guy in that universe. <laughs> Fourteen, Bruce. Or no, 15, excuse me. 15, Sean. Excluding Deadpool and Wolverine because they're a given, who else would you like to see make it over from the X-Men universe and let me cut you off at the pass, Bruce? No blob. Man, what's the point of asking the question if you don't let me answer? (laughs) (laughs) He wants to answer, honestly. Uh, For me... I would just because it would the gravitas level would just go off the charts and everything. You bring in Michael Fassbender's Magneto. You that got was my me answer, all man. day long, baby. I I love Fassbender as Magneto. Look, I I, I know I, I know the other Magneto is a beloved and cherished icon, and he's great as Magneto. But there is something so inherently yeah. cool about Fassbender as Magneto. He he didn't get enough to work with, so I would love to see him come back. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is a big name star, so I could see her making the transition as oh, mysterious. Just yawning never... through the role like she had. Maybe she <laughs> wouldn't be yawning if it was a Marvel production. That's that's one thing you gotta kind of remind yourself of. That oh, would be maybe. that would be rather interesting that, you know, an actor like we'll take her just as that example that just was maybe not giving it all towards the end there. And, you know, a new company comes in and maybe that reinvigorates you, put a little bit of life into you. I can't say that, can, that would be can impossible. I throw... Can I throw one more out there that I Please. think would be interesting? I think Please. Anya Taylor-Joy. Bring her over as uh, oh, Magic. Oh, buddy. That would be amazing. Now, as long Especially as she... since they're entering the world of Magic with their next few things. Yeah. the uh, uh, I got an idea for a movie. It is Harrison Ford, latter-day latter Harrison Ford, and Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique in a movie and, and see who can – oh, and Bruce Willis. And see who <laughs> can do the least amount of work. As oh, they're man. as they're acting in a movie, the, the name of the movie is because <laughs> that's the that's the that's the uh, energy they all bring to their roles these days. I just yeah. we haven't care. seen Jennifer Lawrence in a while. She's coming back and not too awful long, from what I understand. So, like, I'm kind of excited. She took a little while off there, and it's it's kind of nice because I've kind of missed she her. Kind of make a knockoff Black Widow movie, that Red Sparrow movie she made. That movie is not good. No, I heard that. Too. I haven't seen it. Go ahead and do yourself a favor and skip that bad boy. It is Woo-hoo. it is not it is not good stuff. Will do. Number 16, Wanda turns all the FBI guns back on the director. Does this remind you of anyone? Mm-hmm. Hello, sir. Mm-hmm. I thought this was great. Uh, this is the and here's the thing. We're a different type of person than the probably average person watching WandaVision. There are those group of people that, you know, have little to no identification with any of these characters or their histories or all the other gobbledygook that goes into it. Um, I like the idea of a new person, you know, not quite knowing what this is. And when they learn that, you know, maybe we don't know where the show's going, but maybe, you know, Magneto might be involved in some way, shape or form. I can't tell you exactly what that is. I think there's a 100% chance that we're going to find out Magneto's her father within the next couple years. Without a doubt. I I can't see you getting away from it. No. Especially, Especially not the way this episode ended. I mean, they're putting everything in order for that to happen. 
But at the same time, too, though, like, let's just say, because, listen, the man's a fantastic actor. He's got a lot of things that are, I'm sure, quite open to him. Uh, but if we don't get Fassbender back, who's who could fill in that spot? I just, I can't imagine I, I somebody right now. I don't know that many people that want to continue making movies turn down Marvel movies. I mean, it's one thing if you're like, I've got my money, I don't really want to work that much. But if you're still, you know, building up the old portfolio, it's hard to say no to a Marvel movie. Yeah, but he at the same time he's he's been on multiple multiple uh maybe not multiple multiple but a couple multiples of uh, hey, Academy he, Award he nominations. He picked up the stuff. phone every time Fox called, so he better it's pick true. it up when when Disney calls. It's true, and also all you got to do is back the dump truck up up to his house. He'll say yes to it. And you know what? I guarantee he'll work cheaper than Robert Downey Jr. did. So they've got it in the budget now. <laughs> yeah, and, but you do. You, you there is a lot of uh, probably a lot of value that goes along with the da, 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 Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios is calling. <laughs> Send them right through Janet or whatever his secretary's name yeah. is. <laughs> it's hard just, to say. Hard to say no to like a million bucks every ten minutes of screen. You know, not bad. Seventeen. Was Wanda kind of dressed like Mork when he's in his human clothes this episode? And if so, does that mean that Vision is Pam Dauber? Well, a, a little bit. She she is dressed a, a, like a tiny bit like Mork. But you have to keep in mind, Bruce, like think of the way that artsy girls dressed in the late 80s, early 90s. It, it is. So, I, I mean, a lot I, of suspenders. I don't remember. There is there. There is a bit of suspenders. Yeah. The hair is exactly right. The only thing that was missing is the the big glasses. Yeah, the big glasses were. If she had the big glasses, she'd have to turn into Cheetah at the end of the episode. Though. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not far off. <laughs> A very poorly rendered Cheetah. The <laughs> the you know she. I I have to hand it to her. She is doing an amazing job. I still. I I'm not the biggest fan of the sitcom conceit. But she is really doing a tremendous job on this show. This this show, uh, if nothing else, it's made me a bigger Elizabeth Olsen fan. Yes. I think that I'd ever been. Yes. Yeah, I, I was. I was thinking about you know, kind of back on her career and everything, and I was like, where did it really start off? And sure enough, it was the, the big one was uh, Marcy May Marlene was yes. her first big thing, and like even in that, you knew it was like. Okay, all right. Move over, other Olsen girls. You ain't nothing now. We got one that can truly <laughs> act here. And then everything that she's been in has been pretty darn good for that. Uh, uh, I like drinking. I mean, uh, Godzilla. I mean, it's uh, it was a movie that maybe I didn't love, but she was good in it. Yeah, that that was really good. Ingrid Goes West. I would recommend to anybody. Fantastic. That movie. is that is a hard watch. <laughs> that is a hard watch. Oh, it's not. Yes. It's not. It's not a fun movie. Well, I mean, there's aspects of it that are fun. When you get to see O'Shea Jackson Jr. like dripping over Batman forever, you know that it's like it's a good movie. <laughs> Let's go to eighteen. Eighteen. I was spoiled before watching the episode, which was a bit of a bummer. But I wasn't sure if it was real or not. The spoiler. I didn't know if it was real or not. So when it got to the big moment, my action was like, "Oh, sweet." So what was your reaction when the door opens and we finally get to see him, Adam? I think mine was exactly the same. I now, and this is where. Shows like ours are the best thing in the world, but they're, we're also the worst in the world at the same time because we've we've uh, poured over these things. We've agonized and thought and conjectured on just about everything that you can think of. 
And this was one of the possibilities. And like, if you call your shot, it doesn't feel like, you know, you maybe did too much of a spectacular thing when you're like, of course, of course, that's what it was. This is what we thought it was. Well, I was watching this with my two sons. And at the moment when we see his face, when we see Evan Peters face, it was like uh, the team you're cheering for just hit a three pointer at the buzzer to win by one. I mean, we really were vocal. And for me personally, it was this this total feeling of meaningless validation because I, you know, for a couple of these episodes, I've said they need to bring back Evan Peters if they're going to bring him back. And that's a good way to really mix things up. And then it was like smugness with no one to witness how smug I was being. In the moment. <laughs> Just elbowing the crap out of your kids. Huh? 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 They're like, it's we like don't listen to your show, dad. <laughs> it's good for you, but it's great for me. <laughs> I'm going to look like a genius. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty great. I mean, it was in, I love the audience reaction. Like, woo, we all know them like they do on, on sitcoms and stuff. When a, a known character comes in, everyone gets their little round of applause and stuff. Um, but I, I kind of love it. I, I think we're in, especially given with what we're working with right now and the entire multiverse thing being on the cusp of really becoming something in Marvel, what time? What better time than now? And I, I would say you couldn't have picked a better character to make. Well, you could have. It could have been Hugh Jackman, but short of Hugh Jackman, like he 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 was kind of the the new batch fun standout that would fit better with, than some of the other characters. I've got to say though, if it's Hugh Jackman, the nerdy nerds like us would be like, like wow, like it would be more about how Hugh Jackman showed up for the show, whereas having Evan Peters do it, it's Nerdy nerds are like that. Not everyone's going to recognize him. Yeah. And, and so there's that there's like, Oh, I'm an insider. I know who that is. So you have a little bit of that. You also have the fact of even less people know the name Evan Peters. They just know him as Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. And that's all they know him from is that. And they may not have even made that connection in the past that like, oh, this guy and this guy are the same. They're just in different movies played by different people. They may not even have realized that much. But one of the keys is this Quicksilver has figured out who his dad is. Well, no. This Quicksilver makes an offhanded reference saying, oh, you know, my mom used to date a guy who... Who, yeah, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't know who his dad is. Yeah, but, but that connective tissue has been laid down there in a way it couldn't have been in the Marvel Universe. Before. Sure, sure, sure. 19. Why are the twins who were not trapped in Westview, but rather born there, are able to perceive laps in time and question things that they see that they wouldn't question if Wanda was controlling them? I think it goes back to whatever's up with vision. I think Wanda can control pre-existing things. But when a wholly new creation is there, part of that creation is giving them a little bit of free will that she doesn't give to the others because they can't handle it, basically. Exactly what Bruce just said. Now, do you think that, um, what, what do you think the odds are that these kids are actually real? Because there, there's some comic, you know, basis in the I back think- to tell us that they might not even be real. I think that it's going to be like the comic book thing where they uh, they convince us once they've totally convinced us that they're not real, then they'll come back and be real. I, I really think it'll be something like that. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Uh, 
It all depends on when they want to dip their toe in the Young Avengers thing. Right. And there, and the other part to it too, is the rabbit hole. Like, like how, just how far down the rabbit hole are they going to go with the show specifically? I just, uh, you know, I hope somebody's wearing them like puppets. I'll go back to that. I know that you do. <laughs> what, what are they going to be 15 by the time that happens? That's going to seem weird. Number 20. Were you expecting Billy and Tommy to manifest their superpowers this episode? Because I kind of was. I can't say that I was expecting them to necessarily have any powers. I guess, I guess I know that, you know, they become that at some point, but for whatever reason, I guess the idea of them manifesting those powers did not enter my mind. When, when Wanda was refusing to bring Sparky back, I was kind of expecting Wiccan to turn back time and speed to run and save the dog. Like I was kind of thinking they were going to drop that bomb on us here, but it didn't happen. No, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it didn't. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot for one episode. Now, do you think that these kids, did were they given these, this over-the-top kid voice on purpose? Is that Or is that the way that these kids actually talk? And I, I, you know what I'm talking about here is basically the words with W and stuff. Every word has a W. Like, oh, I need to go over there. That, that kind of kid talk stuff that they always do. You think that's the kids I, or the actual I, show I feel like making if they, them do that? I feel like maybe, maybe they were cast because they talk that way. You know, I don't know if you ask a kid to do that on purpose, how good it comes across. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's an adorable affectation for a young child, but hopefully you you, you work out of that. But yeah, with the wubbas, wubbas, it's you know, twenty one. What do you think Evan Peters' reaction was when Marvel Studios called him? Man, this isn't funny. Who is this? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Marvel <laughs> Studios. All right. Listen, was this John? John, what are you doing, you jerk Marvel Studios? Fox Here's, is going, man. I ain't got to do nothing over there. Here's a thought I had, Sean, when you wrote this question and I saw it. Is suddenly I thought... What if this is like a Superboy Prime situation and we he pulls somebody aside and says, she thinks I'm her brother. My name is Evan. I'm an actor. I was in a couple of movies. And <laughs> how did this happen? Like, like I used to love to watch all these Marvel movies. How did I get pulled into one? Like, that would be weird. I like with that. Superboy Prime. That, that works for me. I I would imagine that it, 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 it it's a whole lot of like, Oh man. Oh man. I thought, I thought the money train had left and he, and here it is. It's pulled up twice. Everything's coming up. Evan Peters. I've still got the goggles. You want me to bring him? <laughs> he was like, I never changed my hair. <laughs> I'm walking around like this. He's just trying. He's just trying to be Quicksilver wherever he goes. And you know, I kind of like it with the shot from behind where all you saw was the hair. There was a moment where you didn't know who was going to be on the other side of that hair, and I like that. They did a couple of those where it was just like open the door, and then they cut back to the outside facility and stuff, and then they cut back in there. I didn't really notice this. Somebody pointed out on YouTube. I don't know. Whatever. It's a wild and crazy thing. But if you go back and look, he's not quite in the reflection in the mirror that's behind her. It may be where there's position, but also someone else has pointed out that there's like a hand that might be going through the background. 
this may be a Star Wars uh, Mandalorian kind of thing where maybe somebody's arm was where it shouldn't have been. Uh, but it's so, you know, pixelated and dark, you can't quite tell exactly yeah. what I it is. I also loved it. One of my sons said, oh, my goodness, it's Pedro. I said, who? He said, Pedro. <laughs> he said, I think you mean Pietro. He's like, yeah, Pedro. You know, the guy Napoleon <laughs> died might help get in the office. <laughs> that would have been odd. That guy. Uh, what are we at here? 22, Adam. 22. Uh, this one comes to us from the Cincinnati Slingshot. He writes, does the sword director Hayward have a different agenda, or is he just a major D? I think he's got an agenda. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting going back and kind of revisiting a little bit of this stuff. Because when he gives Monica the initial uh, papers and everything and says, hey, you're going after a miss- missing persons uh, you know, account or whatever, there's only like, I think, maybe a day or two after that. And then in this episode, he, ha- he knows this intel from nine days ago when Wanda went in to do that. So all of that stuff leading up to there, how this was not a big sort of deal going in, we've grounded you, blah, 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 blah. He knew all of that stuff. He knew all of this. Sim- I think he sent Monica there to die. Oh, Monica th- is a threat to his power at sword. Yeah. And maybe he's oh, just like, I Oh, she, it. she would go in and, you know, eat her up when she comes in there and knows how Monica is like, she's just out of the snap and everything really wants to get back into it. Can't leave earth. So he knows that she's going to start going and pushing things too far and, you know, get sucked in. And then who knows what? I like it. 23 Bruce. If you were forced by Wanda to be in a cheesy sitcom, what character would you want to be? I think I'd like to play the wise yet slightly weird neighbor. Cheers, guys. This comes from Brock from Australia. I'd, I I would probably be like the uh, Larry's from Three's oh. Company. Uh, see, I was going to try <laughs> to guess. I, I was going to guess who you would want to be, Adam, and I thought you'd want to be Urkel. I, I kind of I... thought Sean would want to be Uncle Jesse. And I'm Mr. Belvedere. I can listen. I will back you 100 percent on that, Uncle Jesse. I see it all day long. I it, it makes nothing but sense to me. So and you're just on- to be clear, I'm talking about Jesse Papadopoulos, not Jesse Duke. In case somebody <laughs> thought I was talking about the other Uncle Jesse. Yes. Uh oh, who was Jesse it? Duke? <laughs> Denver Pile. Uh, Bruce, I I could see Bruce being a little Mr. Belvedere. I have to work on the accent, but you, I could do it. You well, you lean into it though. That's the best part. Is that you? You I, I wouldn't undersell. Have the cardigan. You wouldn't under. You wouldn't undersell anything, and you would definitely <laughs> yeah. just kind of lean right into the Britishness of all of it, even though y- your accent would be awful. I have been known to drop kick my jacket when I walk through the door. <laughs> no one glares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you're you're both wrong. If I could be, I look like <laughs> uncle Jesse a little bit, uh, uh, 15% less handsome. Oh, that's up. It was 20% last time you said, <laughs> well, I'm getting older. <laughs> time is ravaging him fast. <laughs> uh, but, but you're going to say that John Stamos is coming down. You're not going up. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that's not the, true at all. <laughs> no, that, that man is a wonder. Uh, uh, I, if I, if I could be a sitcom character, I would want to be Alf. Oh, Alf's a good one. Yeah. I, I kind of picture myself as Larry from Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that. And, and 
That's funnier for us than it is for us. The hardest I have ever laughed at a joke in a sitcom that was a dumb joke is in Parks and Rec with that character when they promise they, they promise each other that they're not going to make fun of him for an entire day. And they drop something on the ground and he goes to pick it up and he rips his pants and farts at the exact same time. Yes, and it is the hardest I have laughed at a dumb sitcom joke probably ever. Oh man. Love that guy. Oh, so good. 24 Sean. 24 this week i've listened to a bunch of people say how much they don't like aaron taylor johnson and while i didn't like him as quicksilver i've liked him in other movies like he's great and kick-ass and tanette what are your thoughts on this man i love tanette <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen tenet but i have seen kick-ass and i love kick-ass i'm on the record i love kick-ass and kick-ass too and, you know, those movies aren't really built around kick-ass, but he's good in those parts. I liked him in that Godzilla movie that I was talking about with Elizabeth Olsen, right? Was he in that? He was. Oh, yeah. yeah, Like, it was weird to me because they went from playing twins to playing, like, uh, romantic coupling. So it was kind of weird, but I thought well, it was good in that. That's no. kind of how he operates in real life, too. I mean, you know, the, his, he marries his manager. Oh, I was going to say the Ultimate Universe is where I thought we were going. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> That's certainly what I was like. I was like, well, this is not exactly untread ground <laughs> in, in comics and stuff. I think he's good. And I'll tell you this much. I don't know that you could get two more wildly different performances than his in Kick-Ass and then in Tenet. Like, really <laughs> quite different. One, you know, just this kid and everything that nothing can go right. And when you fast forward to Tenet, he's just like super jacked. He's got this beard and he's all militaried out and everything. Um, yeah, that's kind of how he was in Godzilla. I mean, he's not, bigger. Not, not he's like bigger. This. Okay. Not like this. He like makes, I said, I haven't seen Ten Ten. He, he makes he makes that that Aaron Taylor Johnson look puny. Yeah, like he's buffed up. Like you don't even like know him for like the first couple seconds, especially if he's wearing a mask. You're like, who is that? He takes it off, and you kind of go, Oh, wait a minute, I'm placing that voice. I got him. But man, oh man, he's he's. Do uh, you think he's got like a thing where because his first big role he had to play like a really geeky weakling, and now that's why he's like buff. It you know, it, it don't hurt people. That's I've seen we've seen it happen a whole bunch of times. I mean, um. I'm trying to think of the uh, the guy's name right at the top of my head. Um, he's always taking his shirt off in all those stupid movies. It'll come to me after the show's over, but I forget it. Uh, 25. Uh, this one was written to us a while back, but I wanted to entertain it now because I've seen it uh, popping up on the, around the Internet. Other people have had this kind of theory, too. I think Bruce may be able to enlighten us the most. This one comes to us from Billy. Um uh, is this whole season a mind twist from Mojo? Is he just messing uh, with humanity? And a lot of people are talking about that because TV screens and all this kind of stuff. Bruce, you could probably elaborate on Mojo more than I could. Well, this, this was my theory for Legion. I was like, I really thought yeah. that Mojo was especially be that. Especially at the end of the yes. first season. With that big yes. giant fat guy and all the weird ton of stuff going on. And like a little spaceship thing coming down. Yeah. But, you know, from the, the New Mutants, Mojo was, uh, well, I mean, he was like this other dimensional being who would capture people and make them perform on like a reality TV show. So TV was his gimmick. He would take people from the Marvel 616 to the Mojoverse and make them be in these reality TV shows. But I think that's really the, the only connection there is the, the conceit of being in a television show. And plus, you, you like... 
you want to save Mojo for something else because there's a lot of crazy happening already on this show. And especially your Marvel trying to usher people into a new era. And once you bring Mojo into the universe, you have to start explaining how Shatterstar is his own grandfather. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) Or, or, you know, like the ex, the ex babies. And like, you have to explain all like, it's a lot and that's fine. That's great. But I, this is not the place for Mojo. I love Mojo and I love the Mojo world. And maybe it's because that's when I started reading comics in the first place, why I like it so much, but it's, it's, it's not right for them to hit it right now. That makes sense to me. 26. This is the longest episode yet. Do you think this will be a typical runtime from here on out? Yeah, they have a lot to explain. Yeah, there, there's a bit that's coming in here, but at the same time, too, uh, I say with all the Disney Plus shows at this point, and, and even really back to, even going all the way back to Daredevil on, on Netflix, as long as the show is as long as it needs to be and you're not making it longer just to make it longer, I am A-OK with whatever you do. You want to put out a 24-minute show? Put out a 24-minute show. You want to put out a 49-minute show? You're free to do that as well. Just make sure that you're giving me everything while it's going on. Don't try to, you know, get, give don't, too much. Don't give us five episodes of nothing happening like Netflix had to do every season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing's done that variable episode length better than The Mandalorian. So, you know, if they've got yeah. a little bit of that DNA here, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, they, I think they've learned some lessons. And I think a lot of viewers are, like, tending to like this people are warming up to it at least especially with this show because it didn't start exactly like everyone wanted but once it's kind of gotten its footing and people are understanding what's going on now i'm starting you know it it does feel like people are starting to turn the corner yeah hopefully it was not too late you know what i mean 27 sean guess what started happening at work this week people started talking about this show again so that leads to the question, is Marvel the last piece of monoculture? I think you wrap Marvel and Star Wars together, it is. Yeah, Disney itself has kind of uh, bought the, uh, <laughs> bought the, uh, the, the rights to our lives in a lot of ways. It's <laughs> uh, between, a very good way of putting it. Between Marvel and DC, and I watched a great video on YouTube talking about animation and uh and, and it was about really Shrek and how Shrek coming together, you know, at DreamWorks and everything was kind of a giant middle finger to Disney because Disney has like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and all these things, but those are public domain stories. But Disney's kind of put their smack on it and everything, and it's become theirs. So, you know, when DreamWorks was doing, you know, Shrek and stuff, they're like, hey, look, you don't own this. We can kind well, of do whatever we want as well. Wasn't Lord Farquaad Michael Eisner? No, that was John Lithgow. Uh, sir, he's talking about the character is based upon. Oh, I'm like, well, yes, yeah, that's part it of is the middle my, finger it, to Disney. It is absolutely Michael Eisner. Yes. You okay. <laughs> right. I, I guess I was, I don't, I didn't even put in Michael Eisner. I just thought Michael Eisner was an actor for half a second. No, no. I'm and that's why I'm just like, it's John Lithgow. What are you stupid? Do we not no, all see I, the same I, movie? Yeah, I meant the, the, the inspiration for a character named Farquaad who's three feet tall. Oh yes. For us, because very, Michael Eisner, not a tall guy. Yeah. Not, not a happy man either. When all of this stuff went down because Shrek made just an ungodly amount of money. And at the time that was really Disney's sole category was that. And so, yeah. 
I, I got off on a big Shrek tangent. I'm sorry, man. I got a friend. I got a friend who who Shrek is the movie he hates the most. He's he is a a little person, and so he hates Shrek because the point of Shrek is you should be totally okay with how you are. Like just be okay with yourself unless, unless you're short. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, was my, my son's first role was in a stage production of Shrek, so it's got a sweet spot in my heart. Yeah. yeah. 28. I feel like we're about to cross the line for an answer, so I'll ask now so we can laugh about it later when we're all wrong. Angus, or Agnes, rather, excuse me. Good, bad, or just another Westview resident? I think good and bad depends on where you're standing. I think she's going to be one of those good uh, characters that is just a certain force. And, like, if you are Doctor Strange, who's trained in sort of Eastern magic... You might think someone who's a bastion of Western magic, a, a witch perhaps from the Salem witch trials, mm-hmm. is bad. But at the same time, if you're from a different point of view, you might think she's good. So I think she's going to be one of those characters that whether she's good or bad depends on where you're standing at the moment. I think. Yeah. There, I think there's a chance that she could also uh, have kind of a a bit of a Loki thing about her, in the yeah. same way that, like you know mostly can be bad, but there's some sense of good in there as well that might be trying to peek out. But even then with the good, you're fairly certain, you know, it's going to come right back around to hit you in the face at some point. Yeah. And we also have a whole lot of lawful bad in Marvel, but we don't have chaotic bad, not a lot of it. So that would be great. That would be great to 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 have her be just chaotic evil. And then just kind of bouncing around for movies and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I, I'd love to see... Because the the big thing with a lot of superhero stuff is is that we have this character that are around for a bit and we kill them off. Like it's it's been that way since you know Tim Burton's Batman. You know we we oh here's the Joker, boom he's dead. Well, shucks, this really puts us in a bind for doing anything with the Joker at the end. I think we're getting smarter as a you know comic book watching society that we can you know we want to see these characters go on in more and more things. And I, I hope Marvel's catching on to some of that. Mm. 29, Bruce. Do these episodes keep getting better? Uh, I think so. I think they keep uh, they keep opening up the world. And the best part about what they're doing is they're answering questions, but at the same time also asking, continually asking them. I like how the group that is sitting outside of Westview is as clueless as we are, you know, well, some of them, let's put it to you that way. Some of them are as clueless as we are as to what's going on, what all these things mean. I like the idea that these, these characters are kind of trying to do the same homework that we are almost in, you know, in tandem. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of this show. It's, it's fine. The, the show is fine. It's nice to have a show to, to, to look forward to at the end of the week. That part is great. Um, I am not, I am not in the bag for this show. Um, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to have within the canon of the Marvel universe, but this is not something that I am going to revisit a whole lot. I can tell you that. Um, so with that being said, it, the, the episodes are getting better. Uh, you know, like I'm not ruining 
like, oh man, there's another episode of this show coming. Like, like other things that we have done previously. Uh, this is the, but this is not something that I don't, I don't think I'm going to come back to very often. I think, I think the, the biggest chance to come back at some point will be sometime in the future because I, the way that Marvel's been going and when you really watch this show and just try to dissect everything that's in it, all the little Easter eggs and everything that they've hidden in so many places. There are so many ways that this entire show could come back and we'd be like, man, look at where this thing started. Like, here's the here's the seed for this, that, and the other thing. I think we're going to have tons of that in the future. And uh, I, I think that's what, what this show will really be... Um, I, I hope at least going back in a couple of years and going like, look, look, here's where it all started. And they kind of showed us along the way and we didn't so even realize it's going to be like going. a roadmap of, I see. I think, yeah, I think this is very much the, uh, the beginning roadmap for what will become phase four. I guess phase four we're in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, Something I, like that. I've lost track. It's, it's actually, it's actually, it's, it's the new, cause it's, it's, I, I can't remember what they call it, but after infinity war is over, and Spider-Man is because Spider-Man finished. Then it's a new arc. I can't remember what they, but it's a whole new thing. Now, at the same thing. time, too, keep this in mind. This program takes place, at least canonically from what I'm to understand, this takes place before Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, wow, really? That's what I'm to understand. From what the internet has told me and they've put together well, yeah, this the is within This is within two weeks of the blip, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, Spider Man Far From Home, they had yeah. went back and finished a whole nother year that they had to repeat after the blip or something like You're that. You're right. You're right. So I, I think that that's this is really where they're saying, Okay, now we need to plot out you know, a line for the next, you know, frankly, twenty years, because that's what you know, we're aiming at at this point with all the crap that Marvel's putting together. And I, I you know, unlike DC, it just feels like they really know what they're doing over there. Yeah. Rounding it up with question number 30. Speaking of Far From Home, this week Tom Holland said Spider-Man 3 will be the biggest solo superhero movie ever made. But isn't bringing the X-Men over to the Marvel Universe a much bigger deal? How much bigger is Spider-Man 3 than that? You know, it's Tom's excited. He's a young guy. He's enthusiastic. (laughs) He's in a big movie. I'm going to go ahead and tell you Spider-Man three will not be a solo superhero movie. Like <laughs> call it what you want, but the, the, the era of solo superhero movies is over for Warner brothers and Disney, you know, some, some indie stuff will still do solo things, but yeah, they're they're I don't know that we'll see another solo superhero movie for a long time from the big two, but the X-Men. Yeah. It's a bigger deal to me as Spider-Man three introducing the multiverse. I mean, it's going to all be part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think bringing the X-Men over, bringing the Fantastic Four over and doing it right, I think would be the bigger deal. Like Noah Hawley's on that job, right? Um, I maybe, don't know. Maybe. I, I thought know. he might have been. I could be way off on that. I, I think that obviously... They've got a good person responsible is all that I can remember. There, there's a, the, the big thing for me is that I, I think this next Spider-Man movie is going to be in many ways... From the sounds of it, again, we we really don't know. We all like to pretend that we know, but we really don't know uh, of of the multiverse world. But it feels like that's where they're going, if all the rumors are to be believed. Uh, so I think it'll be big in that 
particular case, but I think you're right in as much as a super solo superhero film. If you know anything about the rumors that are on for that movie, you know that that's probably not true. Uh, but I, I think sorry, it was John Watts, not Noah Wally. John, I, I, I got too much Legion on my mind. Yeah, he did the first. He did the first two Spider-Man movies. He's coming back for number three, so that's a good sign because both of those movies were really good. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do, and it feels like they're going down some sort of Spider-Verse route, which I'm excited for. But mm-hmm. at the same time, too, I I hope we can get those strange kind of solo things every now and then. I, I'll throw one out there. I don't know how good it's going to be, but one that I think is probably not going to have as many, you know, hardcore straight up connections will be, you know, Shang Chi. I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll probably have could, some, you know, what's it called? What's his nose in there? The uh, Mandarin. Yeah. Mandarin. They'll ha- they may have a little bit of that stuff in there, but I don't think, you know, we're not going to see Dr. Strange show up in that more than likely. Well, maybe not Dr. Strange. He, he might. He might. <laughs> I just, I just rethought that. I'm like, he might, but let's say, okay, Rhodey won't show up in that one. <laughs> that much I can almost guarantee. Fair enough. So, uh, well, that is it, everybody. That is another 30 questions. And uh, we'd like to uh, say big, giant thank you to everyone who's uh, reviewed us over on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate that. And, of course, if you sent us an email uh, with a question, we appreciate that as well. WandaVision30Q at gmail.com. Links are in the show notes. Join us back here next week when we're talking another 30 questions. Bruce, where might we find more of your work on the Internet until then? I'd love for people to check out my YouTube channel. The name of the channel is just simply Bruce Leslie. I've got a video about the Legion of Superheroes that I think is a great video. I would love for people to check it out. You can just go, you know, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie or look for the Legion of Superheroes in a nutshell is the latest video. Heroes in a nutshell. You remember that from the 80s? Sean, what oh, else? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you referencing there? That was a Ninja Turtles reference. Heroes in a half shell. Ninja oh. Power. What? Who? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Kovacs four. That's S E A N K O V A C S. The number four. Uh, that's sweet. Seanzy from the internet exclamation point. That is it, everybody. Uh, oh, and of course, Hero Movie Podcast. I don't, I don't know why in the heck we didn't say that. Hero Movie Podcast, wherever you find podcasts. That is it, everybody. Join us next week when we're talking another 30 questions for Sweet Sean's Kovacs from the internet. Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Borchers, reminding you to forget the past. This is your future. Oh,